Hello, 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 and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip Podcast, the NFL podcast by Brits. We are in partnership with Gridiron Extra, and we are returning for our third season. So yeah, on we begin with me, Ed. Me, Emma. I'm Sam. I'm Max Saito. And I'm Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season three. That was me from the past welcoming us beautifully in. Um, <laughs> we are joined, we're not a full compliment today, but I am joined by Tom and Sam, and potentially... A secret guest from Wigan later. You've not really, you've not really hidden it very well. We only know one person from Wigan because there's only fifty people from Wigan ever existed. Could be the guy from that Smack Barn Paywet Chippy. Smack Barn Paywet. I've not heard of Smack Barn Paywet in a few in a few weeks. Lockdown was a weird time, wasn't it? Why did that bloke just run around just reviewing chippies? I mean, wouldn't you, given the opportunity? Yeah, but like, that's the sort of content that would only be made in lockdown as like a first call. Someone's so bored that they've decided that they're going to run around reviewing chippies and it takes off because everyone else is far too bored and misses the going to the chippy. It's the only antidote to like crushing existential loneliness. And we're back, everyone, for season three! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word! How yeah, in the devil? Crushing oh. existential loneliness. I mean, I was just going to ask how you all were, but apparently both of you are dealing with the crushing existence of your own lives. Oh no, I'm free and breezy. Yeah, I'm fucking delighted to see the pair of you. It's good. It's it's real nice to actually be hanging out again, and just mildly taking it easy with some football to talk about. For like five months, we've been just trying to stall for ideas, and now we've got some. Mm. We have actual yeah. content. Yeah, I got a bit worried that I actually didn't like football anymore, but there just wasn't anything, wasn't anything cracking off, was there? What's funny is I had the exact same realisation, like, the exact same sort of idea. What, is it Sam or me? Why are you... Sam, got it. Sorry, Ed's just miming. One of us needs to get closer to the mic. It's fine. It's How fine. is this? It's fine, Sam. <laughs> it's all fine. Hey. Hey. That's, hey. A, that's a guy that doesn't commit himself to technology. <laughs> no. I I know my wheelhouse. I know my wheelhouse. Like, if we, if we sort of dictated the entire episode to a parrot, and so the parrot would speak it back, that would be my sort of <laughs> level of technical understanding of this podcast. <laughs> oh no, sorry, you've got the season two parrot. Who is the season oh, two parrot? It's having an MVP season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember week three. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, it feels like sort of the first five weeks we get like the Kirk Cousins is having an MVP year and then 12 weeks down the line we all sort of regress ourselves to a middle ground. We yeah, come up I... a little bit and stop calling Kirk the worst thing since New Coke and you stop calling him the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this from a man that thinks the Vikings are the eighth best team in the National Football League. 
based off of the preseason where everything fell apart. And speaking of <laughs> those rankings, we have got a special ranking episode because you know what we yeah. love around here? We love putting things into a ranking order because we do it every fucking year for some reason. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. But the we listeners do, vibe with it. The, yeah, you can you can offer your opinions on Twitter, um, which is at StiffLipPod, and tell us all exactly why uh, you think that the Broncos shouldn't be your 25th worst-rated team. They should actually be the second overall, and we will laugh at whatever suggestions that you have. I'm sure that nobody will do I just that. Hope that it, I just hope that it brings some sort of order to people's meaningless lives. Uh, it definitely brings a lot more order and... and composure to what has been a very pointless preseason, as all of them tend to be. Um there is nothing to learn from preseason, especially if a team is performing poorly. There's also very much not much to learn if someone's performing well. Well yeah, I mean I feel like you can only get anything of value out of the preseason if the playing starters but if you're playing starters, they're going to be playing some like schlubby, like sixth string defensive end. Just say, so just say the Detroit irrelevant. Lions, and just have it all be done with. <laughs> they're, they're schlubby, like seventh string defensive end is Dan Campbell. <laughs> hey, look, it's popular target the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Shall we? I mean, it, it feels like I have most recently had to endure a Detroit Lions thing because they played the Steelers um, in the most recent pre-season game. I had to watch what the Detroit Lions first team and then second team Mm. and then third team and then presumably like fourth team. But Mm. none of it... The one that Ben absolutely fucking killed it in, yeah. So... This is you know why the preseason is meaningless. It is. We're, we're back on the hype train, baby. I'm not back on the hype Seven. train. But it is, like, just nice to see a Roethlisberger of old, because, like, by week five, that won't be the case. So Every time you see Roethlisberger, he's a Roethlisberger of old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a dusty old man not worth of. Thoughts or time. It does feel like <laughs> every a portrait of a young Ben Roethlisberger in his <laughs> The <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. The uh, Ben Roethlisberger is actually he's made a Dorian Gray type deal, but so bad a person he is, <laughs> it's aged his regular body too. <laughs> and there's a picture in his house of the most decrepit motherfucker you have ever seen. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. I've missed you too. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the other contributors to the podcast, et al. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't missed Emma because she's in the other room. But et al. Are we going to get... Et al means with al. Because <laughs> traditionally, it was, you, you know... If you were waiting for a bunch of friends and also your good friend Al, you'd say, oh, I'm waiting for everyone. Al. Oh, dear. 
Sam, We've did you spend like the past like eighteen months taking an absolute fuck ton of magic mushrooms or something? It's also the same owl from that Paul Simon song. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. I I called it the moment that you made your stupid point. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. There's no you shame in that pun to me. There's nothing. So yeah, I think we should step right in to the yeah. um the podcast power ranking, the preseason podcast power ranking. The, the old PPPR. Um, and it's marking where we think, where roughly we think the teams are at this stage. So there's a little bit of projection, but it's mostly based on the standard of the rosters. That's that's kind of where we sit at the moment. So we all had the Texans at last or if you're Max Saito and decided to, you know, mildly adjust that, had them at uh, had them at 31st. But the Texans, we don't really need to say very much more because the Texans are objectively the most in trouble team in the entire NFL. Garbage fire. Yeah, they're the fact they're that one. Max thinks the Jets are in a worse situation than them is. Absolutely astonishing. The worst, well, sorry, the best player on the Texans might not actually play very many games because he might be sent to prison. That's that's pretty much it. And the only player with really much talent on the Texans, should I say, not just the best. But it's fine because they have like hey, eight. They have Lindsay's like, good. They have like yeah. eight quarterbacks that can take over for him, and none of them are very good. So, I mean, that's what you get when like. <laughs> you're playing Madden. You're like, "Ooh, that guy's, ooh, that guy's available." And then before you know, it, you've got a roster of like 65 overall QBs. Convert them all to punter and trade them to the Vikings. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> works. It works every time. Get a seventh round draft pick for all of them. How rude! <laughs> <laughs> they've got. Um, lest we forget, they've still got Laramie Tunsil in the the gift that keeps on giving for Miami. Oh, Laramie Tunsil true, yeah. is still like blocking no one. I feel sorry for Laramie Yeah. Yeah, it's not been a very good career for him purely because of who he's actually had on his roster thus far. Um, We're sorry, Laramie. You've sort of been done over for your entire career because he was the one that also got drafted lower than he should have been because of one of the biggest draft night scandals of all time as well. So, Laramie Tunsil has been fucked over big time. For his entire career, and I do feel sorry for him, but this year is not going to be any better for him, unfortunately, with the gaze of Jack Easterby. Woo! Dude, what's the over and under on David Cully making it to the end of the season? What, before he suffers like a fatal heart attack? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I don't think he'll be fired, but I think he'll either... <laughs> He'll either leave of his own volition or like on a stretcher. By the yeah, end of week, week eight opponent is father time. By the end of week four, he's gonna look like stupid crap face from that one fumble dimension video of Madeline, uh, Madden <laughs> 08. It's just sort of pulled a weird face at me. I don't know whether or not I'm meant I mean... to reference the magical work of John Boys and Kofi, but yeah, no, you're allowed to reference it. But yeah, he, yeah, David Cully, he is the equivalent of stupid crap face. He is just there. <laughs> well, yeah, he's just the sacrificial lamb because they need someone to do it. Who, who was it again that they were basically like grooming for the position, but he's not ready for, to retire yet? Is it AJ McCarron? 
Josh McCown. Josh McCown, that's the one, sorry. I got the two confused because the, there's a lot of negative reports coming out of AJ McCarron's performances in uh, in Atlanta. Well, AJ McCarron literally tore his ACL over the weekend, so that's that's the AJ McCarron news, if anyone was keeping track. Interesting. Yeah. I was not. I mean... We can we can touch on that briefly because imagine being a, a QB who has struggled to make a team for the last three years and then going down with an ACL, like is that a career? I'd say it's still a career, but in the same way that like, um, oh who is it? It's um like Chase Daniel has a career, but exclusively as like a summer school kind of guy. He's earned fifty million dollars over the course of his career, and he's played like four NFL snaps. I stood. I know. He's like the new Richard Wright, you know, the old ex Manchester City goalkeeper that like has a whole bunch of like Champions League medals, but he literally played twice for them in his entire career and he just sat on the bench for like nine years. So Yeah. Good on you, Chase Daniel. You're the greatest summer player of all time. <laughs> you know, um, Chase Daniels thrown the greatest pass I've ever seen live. And that doesn't surprise me because you went to go watch Bears Raiders at one point and <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky was at quarterback. So oh. <laughs> that does not surprise me in the slightest. In fact, it was Trubisky versus Derek Carr. So maybe Very I good. expected more out of Derek Carr, but well, yeah. yeesh. Ouch. Yeah. Um, have we have we hit all our salient points on the Texans? Have we got anything else to say? I have absolutely nothing else to contribute, and um, neither do they. So at 31, we have the Lions. That was pretty unanimous, although I think the highest rank, the highest score anyone gave the Lions was a 29, a generous 29 from Max. Yeah, Max Max had some interesting takes in this. I think all of us had some interesting takes, I think. The sort of yeah, middle nice. ground doesn't really separate itself for anyone, I don't think, but yeah, the I bottom and top entirely factual. I actually I actually found a way to quantify this and have a metric for it. Oh. Which I've called Mr. and Mrs. Opinionated. Oh my god. And out of out of one, Max has an opinion score of point three, which means he disagreed with everyone on point three of every one <laughs> take. <laughs> So like so just three under a tenths. third of Max's takes were wildly different <laughs> Is this what the cool maths were that meant that like all admin duties suddenly fell out of your hands? Yeah. Cool. I was doing some seriously cool maths. I enjoy this. Um anyway. Lions, yep. Yeah, the less we say the better, okay. I think. Yeah. Isn't Penesula like very much struggling adapting to right tackle? Yeah, I don't know why they moved like he's him. Had a year off. Yeah, he'd like. I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess that's always something you have to take into account, but. Well, though, yeah, it's it's silly why they moved him, but is it? Excuse me, is it Taylor Decker they have at left tackle? Because he's a decent left tackle. I assume so. If you're saying it, then I assume that it's right. <laughs> I'm not very good with O linemen on the depth chart. I mean, what the Lions did in picking Penesul is adding a strength to a strength, because that O-line was already strong, but all other points of the roster are a bit of a dumpster fire. Yeah, and many Lions fans will argue in the sense of, oh yeah, but you've got to 
strengthen in the trenches before you strengthen anywhere else. And to that, I say, well, why didn't you do it in the defensive end as well? Because, good God, that D-line is not looking good either. Mm-hmm. At least got, I They've got young so. players, so they will they will be at least a contender. Like, as long as they don't... As long as they self-scout well, they've got a decent core of young players, but they won't be competitive for a year or two. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a steadier rebuild than... Um, most other like drastic tank jobs have happened, but maybe a steady rebuild sort of makes sense now for this team. Steady rebuild around franchise QB. That one guy everyone knows. Jared Goff. Yeah. I assumed that you'd forgotten the name. No, I just think he's kind of nothing to anyone. Do you think he's that forgettable? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, the next team, the the team we had at number thirty, and there was a general consensus. This this was around where they should be was the Eagles at thirty. I think the limiting factors for the Eagles for me are absolutely Nick Sirianni and absolutely Jalen Hurts. I think also throwing in there that absolutely their wide receiving core, absolutely their defense. Outside of maybe Nick Singleton, mm. or Alex yeah, Singleton. I don't really know sorry, about Nick Sirianni to pan him yet. They just—they seem like a team that sort of um, Harry, uh, Howie Roseman, how he has maintained any control of this team. I have no idea because the last four years since the Super Bowl have been backwards. And it's pretty much been Howie Roseman's terrible roster construction that's got them to this point. Like, granted, they weren't expecting the franchise quarterback to take a massive step back. And granted, Doug Peterson's coaching wasn't great. And granted, some of the guys that they picked that could have worked out haven't. But nothing that you see coming out of the organization is positive from a, an actual roster construction point. It was almost like they they won the Super Bowl and then just immediately thought, that's it, we're fine now. We'll just sort of trundle along at like 30 miles an hour through a school zone or something. We're happy with this. We'll just take the B roads to Skegness. <laughs> is Skegness just the end of time? That's where the Eagles I mean... are headed. It's not where anyone else wants to go, but the Eagles are right <laughs> along that track. Give us a cheer for your Skegness Eagles. Sponsored <laughs> <laughs> by Butlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, at, at 29, getting a little bit more volatile now. We had the Jags. Oh, a couple okay. of us had them a little bit lower than this. Mm-hmm. A couple of us are a bit higher on them. I know Max... One Max again was higher on the Jags. He had them all the way up at twenty six. The rest of us had them no lower than thirtieth, but around this point, mm-hmm. I think they live or die by how good Trevor Lawrence is as a rookie and how good Urban Meyer is as a head coach. I think. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen of Trevor Lawrence, he looks like the guy that they were expecting to get. He looks like an absolute superstar already, and. It's not like the sort of thing where he's going to take time to get used to the NFL game. He looks ready already. It's just how well are they going to be able to protect him with one of the worst O-lines in all of football 
very much no offensive weapons and now very much no defense either. Because where the fuck is the rest of the team apart from James Robinson and also now Travis Etienne because they have two running backs (laughs) who could both ball out but no O-line to push them forward. I'm seeing double or average running back. <laughs> I mean, look at the look at the Chargers last year. Like Justin Herbert balled out for 17 weeks and well, 15, I guess technically, and they finished what four and 12. Yeah, they weren't good, and it's yeah. because your quarterback can only do so much when he doesn't have a roster around him. I was just gonna say, what if Urban Meyer is a better play caller than Anthony Lynn? I mean, there's definitely I mean, gonna be a lot more freshness in there, but like you say this, but the criticism of the Jags this preseason has been that the the Trevor Lawrence looks great, but the playbook is very simple. Yeah, Fucking whether that'll whether like that'll a... stack into the new season or not, I don't know. But yeah, fresh like a Subway tuna mayo. Like a Subway meatball marinara, you mean? Sam's don't, already got his second piece of PTSD pe- from earlier on in the season. Don't peel away that scab. Um, and then next on, next on the list, moving forward, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at number 28. Um, the criminally underrated Cincinnati Bengals at number 28. Um, was, I, was I the highest of all of us on the Bengals? Yeah. Yeah, but we take that with a pinch of salt because you want to make your competition look best. So when you beat them, you can be like, "Look, we beat a decent side." No, I actually <laughs> I have got good points to say about the Bengals in every position except O line. But the O line is that hideous that it makes the entire team look bad. Um, I like Jesse Bates a hell of a lot. I like Jamar Chase could be incredible. Tyler Boyd last year looked pretty good. Uh, T Higgins was fantastic joe burrow again phenomenal player when he's actually able to be on two legs um don't go forgetting sam hubbard one of the best run stopping defensive ends in the nfl exactly and they they cut ties with um uh, gino atkins as uh, as well who hadn't been all very good for he hadn't been gino atkins he'd not been gino years, atkins for like three years now at this point I think that the Bengals made a lot of great moves. Their problem to me is O-line and coaching. I don't trust Zach Taylor in the slightest. I think Zach Taylor is a hack. Um, if I was if I was going to be naming any coach to be like the next on the chopping block, it's Zach Taylor by a country mile. Like Ooh. maybe Matt Nagy, if the Bears experiment doesn't work out, but I think that they've accepted that they're starting from Route One. The Bengals under Zach Taylor have been hideous. And now that they've put together an actual roster of decent talent, I mean, Mike Hilton now goes and plays for them as well, so that's slot corner mm. covered up as well. They have a good team, ish, but the two Bears. biggest parts are so broken. Mm. Yeah, the Bears experiment not working out sounds like if it fails, the Bears as an entity will fold. <laughs> Like, well, <laughs> we tried. And then someone fires a big bazooka at Soldier Field. <laughs> but 
I don't. I, mean, I don't understand why you everyone's so low on the Bengals. Like I think um, Emma was had them at thirty, like below the Eagles and Jags. Like the Bengals roster is considerably better than a lot of teams down in this bottom third, but the coaching yeah. and O line is considerably worse. So I had them rated higher for that reason. We should mention also that they have Trey Hendrickson as well, the sort of breakout defensive end from last year. Exactly. There's there is a, a functional NFL team here. It's maybe there's not functional coaching. Yeah. Speaking of the Jets, we have them then at twenty seven. We're starting to get a little bit more we're starting to get a little bit more variation now. Some of us are higher on the Jets than others. Some of us are very low on the Jets. I'm looking at Max again. Max having them at if only we had if only he wasn't a Scotland, we could ask him why he had the Jets at 32. That I cannot fathom. I'm sure that he has plenty of reasons. I mean, in fairness, outside of Robert Sala and how well Zach Wilson's played in his preseason games, I don't think that there's very much to be excited for on the Jets either. But Really? 32? I, don't, I just don't... No. Not really, I, but... I... I like the D-line, I like the linebackers. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, the O-line's improved. That left side now with Beckton and Vera Tucker, that is, that is an O-line to... I don't know, you can yeah. protect three QBs with those two, but, but the right side is a disgrace. The only problem mm. for me with the Jets' like O-line is where the Bengals and Jags are both going to have issues protecting their QB and moving the ball and the running game despite their talent, the Jets are going to have issues moving the ball with their O-line, especially in the run game. Like, say, for example, if they're up big, which probably won't happen, but if they want to run the clock, maybe, in a tight game, who's carrying the ball for the Jets? Who is the Jets' number one running back? Um, Preseason indicates it's Michael Carter, the fourth-round rookie. I just don't. Mm. I don't see them having a, a a competent running back, and I know what having no competent yeah. running back looks like. But <laughs> that's with having a quarterback that isn't being thrown onto the firing line for his first ever NFL season. Like you need a run game, I think, to establish a good rookie uh, rookie quarterback. And I just don't. The Jets don't have it's... that because they don't have a running back. When was? Because I know that the Jets haven't had a te- multiple sack player since like 2005 i know that they've not had a multi like a thousand yard receiver since 2010 when was the last time they had a thousand yard rusher you're asking the wrong horse here unfortunately i don't yeah, know i don't know what anywhere near enough about uh new york football over the past like 50 years like that is that is an exercise in pain though where like You've not been able to generate a pass rush. You've not had a rusher or a receiver do particularly well in any category. That is, that's a sad state of affairs. It's just peak in uh, New York Jets, though. This is who the Jets are. So I can see them being low, um, just not quite 32 in Max's case. Proceed. I want to get Sam's. I want to get Sam's. The actual the answer to my question: Who was the last thousand yard Jets rusher? I assume that's what you were doing, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. What's so up? You assumed that I was. I assume that you were researching. Relevant you to your question. 
I'll tell you what, we can ask the listeners. Who was the last Jets thousand yard rusher? Let us know on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Sure that we'll send it to just send it to Max because he has no so he has no idea why. That's at Diafira. <laughs> <laughs> right then, the next the next team, and this one caused a lot of controversy <laughs> in the room. The next team was the at twenty six we have the Panthers. Let me just have a look at this. Uh the Panthers who multiple teams multiple pickers rated as low down as twenty eight. Max put them at seventeen. This is just like the four original hosts versus the new boy coming in trying to make his mark in season three. This is what this I mean, has turned into for the Panthers, especially. I know that I'm anti Donald. I know that I'm staunchly anti Donald. But even a pro Donald person must be like, whoa, 17, hold your horses there. This. This roster isn't particularly competitive. As a mm. semi-pro Darnold person, as in, like, I think he will take the uh, post-Gase leap, but not to a level of being, like, great. I just think that he'll be an, a serviceable guy. I don't see the Panthers roster being anywhere near 17th. I just don't see it. There's too many yeah, holes, I... too many flaws. Well, like, especially at they're still struggling at left tackle, aren't they? Uh, they um, they resigned Taylor Moten. Yeah. Moten? Moten. Moten. And, you know, did they, did they really need AC Horn that position in the draft? Really? It still bugs me. Take a lineman, man. There were plenty on the board. Rashawn Slater was still there. AVT was still there. Christian Darasol was still there. Yeah, let's let's put all our eggs in the Sam Donald basket. What do you want to do about that massive hole on his left side? Ah. <laughs> do you reckon Sam Donald's aware that left tackle's a position? Like, just mm. like well, no, Maybe no one's not. ever protected me from there. <laughs> Maybe theoretically, but only like you know how I know that Saturn's there. You're aware it exists, only but you've never seen it with your own two have eyes. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was no, just a it's, it's like a planet, but it's got a ring around it. Fuck off! <laughs> I thought everyone in the NFL only had three men on the line. John <laughs> <laughs> Gruden's there, like I have at least triple that. <laughs> yeah, and he's just sent all of them away this year for some reason, bar. Oh, I forgot. I could have put the soundboard with the incognito sting. <laughs> it's like, Mr. Gase, everyone at quarterback camp's talking about left tackles. What, <laughs> what are they on about? I only know centre guard and tackle. There's a right and a left. <laughs> <laughs> What's this tight end everyone keeps mentioning? <laughs> You mean there are routes that go beyond the line of scrimmage, Mr. Gase? You mean that there's a running back and a quarterback? <laughs> but I've got legs too, Mr. Gase. <laughs> and Adam Gase is like, not for long. <laughs> and he's like, quiet boy. And he like throws a thing down and disappears in a puff of green smoke. Oh, I thought you were going to say that he just like backhands him across the face. 
Yeah, both are true. <laughs> he backhands <laughs> him and then the throws a cloud of smoke. Yeah. Oh. Like the NFL's pinky in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone make that. Anyway. <laughs> On we move. The uh, the next pick, which was a a moment of a moment of calm. Well, we all seem to re- relatively agree that twenty-five was the ceiling for the for the uh, New York Giants. Uh, Sam's muted again, but he's given us he's given us a piece of his mind. New York Football Giants, twenty-five out of thirty-two. That's an improvement, on, you boys in blue. That is definitively an improvement. I mean, yeah, yeah it, but like an awful lot hinges on. Daniel Jones. You're the top of the bottom eight. <laughs> <laughs> We're the best of the worst in the league. Congratulations. Yeah, a lot of it depends on Danny. I mean, that defense last year was sort of one of those te- units that was better than some of its parts. That I mean, kind yeah. of thing. Sometimes that's lightning in a bottle as well. Like, you don't know whether they'll be the same again. But. Yeah. I have reason to be excited about the defense. The offense still worries me, especially with Saquon still kind of absent from preseason, really. Yeah. It, I think that, like, um, I don't think you can really, you know, disagree or argue with them kind of pushing all the chips in for, like, a a big leap from from Daniel Jones in his third year because what like what the fuck else are they gonna do like you, it's kind of a a horrible limbo where it would be ridiculous to blow it all up. But, also, there's sort of weirdly low expectations for it to succeed. Yeah, but I mean they've given him as many weapons as they probably feas like feasibly can at this point, and I feel very good about the defense, like. It it really kind of straightened out for a period last year, and like we've got Ajilari coming in, got Ifeade Ardenigbo. That is incredibly uh, well done, by the way. I was staring at it so intently, <laughs> my eyes were sweating. Uh, see, it's, I've always heard it as Odenibo when he was playing for the Vikings, but I'm happy to pronounce the extra letters if it's required. Mm. I, I always overpronounce stuff. I think that's my problem. Before we before we move on from the Giants, we need to discuss the incident in training. It seems oh, like one? it's happened a couple times though, because wasn't wasn't there another one when they were sharing? Camp with the Browns as well. Oh, didn't Sterling Shepard get into a fight? So Sterling Shepard got into a fight with one of the Browns' like cornerbacks. I don't understand this yeah. whole like sharing a field with another team. By That's the way, stupid. it's the one of the most ridiculous things that I've ever heard. Um, All of the preseason is stupid. Yeah, but especially that part of it. But um, the first week of preseason got off to an absolute howler with... Go on, Sam. Tell us uh, your rundown. Uh, well, uh, from what I remember of it, there was kind of a, 
a dozen, two dozen or so man brawl in <laughs> the Giants camp. I can't remember which two players were initially involved. Daniel Jones ended up at the bottom of like a dog pile. <laughs> and, and Joe Judge went absolutely ballistic at, you know, every single one of them. Which and then, then seems about right. Didn't he come out and say something about how he actually really loved it? I think oh, yeah, he, actually, he did. Yeah. What he actually said is that he had not like a semi, didn't he? I think he genuinely said oh, something about it? having he an said erection. It turns him on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> watching twenty twenty four yeah. men paid more than a million pounds to be there. And you just got a little little erection yeah. going on because you're like, oh, competitive spirit. Yeah. Come on, and... you boys in blue. <laughs> Rocking a half chub because his boys are wrestling in the mud. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, I think that um, might end up being a terrible, terrible kind of crystal ball moment for the Giants season. If Yeah, if Joe Judge doesn't survive the end of the year... We know what caused the. We know what caused ownership to go. Okay, I think he's lost the players a bit here. We know that that's what's going to be the uh, sort of topic of a secret base video in a few years' time. Beef history: Joe Judge versus the entire New York Giants, or like the Giants on an episode of Collapse. Yeah, Joe Judge too horny for football. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like one of those like entertainment weekly magazines scandal in giant letters joe judge so <laughs> joe job semi oh fucking <laughs> brain hasn't worked for like 18 months joe job sunny <laughs> yeah. this, ep- this episode has to be called joe job sunny <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on <laughs> We've got a lot of teams to get through here. We do, yeah. We do. We should crack on. Um the next team is the Raiders and we were we were pretty consistent in where we had the Raiders in in this bottom third but well away from the actual danger zone. We we, we generally we thought be the with generally we thought they'd be the worst team in the AFC West. But there's enough excitement for me about the Raiders to mean that they're not a dead franchise, like they're still kicking, but like it's not looking, it's not looking tasty for for Vegas. But it's not the end of the world. I mean, they can still sell it to sort of like hungover tourists as like something that they would pay and see. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs alone would be worth a decent ticket price. Not very much else, mind Henry Ruggs, perhaps. But aside from that, what are you paying to see? Fucking ugh. Nothing. There ain't anything else there. Jonathan Abrams to pull his fucking TC joint or AC joint or whatever. There, there is some. There is some excitement about um, the Raiders' fifth-round rookie cornerback Nate Hobbs. Have you heard of Nate Hobbs? Oh no. It appears that all of the players that the Raiders draft outside of the first round. Oh, solid. Although, actually, to be fair, they say that Leatherwood's having a great yeah. camp. Mm-hmm. Which he, he's fucking, he fucking has to, to keep Mike Mayock's job. Yep. 
I do sort of miss Mike Mayock as a uh, as a sort of draft analyst because his drafts thus far, apart from this year, have been pretty poor. But you know, Cleland Farrell, Damon Arnett. It's not very good, is it? Henry Ruggs. Uh, Henry Ruggs is an exception to the rule for me because he was actually he good. Didn't he have like 28 catches last year? Yeah, but who was throwing him the fucking ball and who was scheming up the plays? <laughs> when Henry Ruggs was actually given free reign and was healthy, he was exciting. My argument for that then is, I mean, <laughs> you're absolutely right to say who's, who's running the plays and who's scheming the plays, but Henry Ruggs clearly isn't the right fit for your franchise in that case. I mean, yeah, fair enough. They probably didn't need to draft him in that sort of circumstance if you if you're gonna be that sort of pernickety about it, but you know, fine, whatever. Let's move I, on. I intend to be that pernickety. Um the the night and day team, the the maybe the team of like two halves most in the NFL. Next we have the Denver Broncos at twenty three with their Super Bowl defence and their college offense. <laughs> I I really wish that I could get excited about the Broncos, but when Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Lockie two options at quarterback, I, I I lose all interest in any hope of you being a remotely reasonable franchise for the next season. I... Both of them will be moved on by the end of the year, you can guarantee it. John Elway is essentially <laughs> out in Denver. <laughs> Vic Fangio is probably out in Denver at the end of the year. This year is a transitional year if I've ever seen one. From imagine, imagine how, imagine how differently you would feel about the Broncos if they'd ended up like actually taking fields. Oh, night and day, I would actually yeah. be interested in the Broncos, but nope, everyone would. Dead. Let, let me run down. Let me run down the embarrassment of riches on this Denver defense. Justin Simmons, Pat Satan, Kyle Fuller. Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, like even Josie Jewell, like this this team is stacked on defense, but they're every game's gonna be ten three. Yeah. It's, it's the offensive line's garbage too. Yeah. I mean Garrett Bowles, to be fair, had an incredible year last year, but the other four question marks there. It's it's like I, is is Cortland Sutton gone, or is he still on the team? Sutton's there. Jerry Sutton, Judy's there. Noah, Fan, Noah Fant's there. Albert O. Just a Melvin br- Gordon and Javante Williams. Like there are, like like you say, bags of riches on that team. I don't trust really any of it to be it's, any good. It's very, to be fair, it's very reminiscent of sort of. Do you remember twenty seventeen Vikings? Um, and it was like proper, proper studs and scrubs. It was like a group of elite talents, and then utter no-namers at other positions. That's what the that's what the uh, Vikings. I mean, I uh, sorry, the Broncos are to me. I just don't get how like so much of the team is like I think so well put together. Like even on the offense, like a decent wide receiving group. I really like Melvin Gordon. Production be damned. It, there are such glaring holes that have been neglected for so long. I don't think they've been neglected. I can't. I can't think of a team that's thrown more resource at quarterback well, and just. It's like 
throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks in quarterback. What has Drew Locke done that they have kept him around? What is he doing behind the scenes? He's a rich white man. So um, what you're saying is he's blackmailing Vic Fangio with illicit photos. The the thing yeah. with Drew Locke, from what I've sort of gathered from what I've seen, is John Elway likes to throw the ball deep in pretty much every roster that he's ever had a, a hand in, be it playing or being a backroom staff member. And he likes the kid's gusto, and because he's young and they're sort of waiting for him to maybe take some kind of leap, they're like, oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. He can throw the ball long. He'll be he'll work, and then he actually gets on the field and gets absolutely creamed for fifty nine minutes with like two deep passes all game, and they'll be like, yeah, that's 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 the Broncos model right there. Okay, I much preferred have... us when we had Tim Tebow at quarterback to Peyton Manning. <laughs> Tim Tebow know... knew how to throw the ball fifty yards. <laughs> 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 um, we have 22 teams to go and we have done recording for like an hour hear me out unless we break it up into two parts we could break it up into two parts so that we can give everyone the attention that they may or may not deserve oh, I'd be okay with that yeah should we it's, get it's maybe a long to... recording. let's get let's get to let's get to 16 yeah and then call it a night. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, also, between now and Friday, I might have a look at the numbers and see how this would have worked out had our own team's ratings by ourselves been taken out. Oh, because so. Okay. I would argue that nothing fact, was, would change about the Giants if your ranking was taken out. Oh, no. Yeah, nothing would change about the Steelers by the looks of things either. Yeah. However, the Vikings are an issue for me. We'll come on to that in, uh, in part when, two. Yeah, in part two, because they will be in the t- uh, that upper banding as much as all of us don't want them to be. Yeah, to deservedly as little so. as they deserve it. You guys are both knobheads. Um, <laughs> the next team on the list at number 22 is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons are a source of some debate. I just want to get this right. I just want to get this right. Max again, in case it wasn't clear. Oh, he's got them all the way up in 11, whereas the rest of us have harshly uh, crippled them. 11? 11. Max has them at 11, and some of us have them down at 26. Emma has them down at 26. I mean, both of those are ridiculous. I I don't know. I I see far more where Emma's coming from than where Max is coming from. Yeah, you called yeah. it ridiculous, but you yeah. have them at 25, Sam, so it can't have been that ridiculous. Yeah, I, I realise that. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ed have Part basically inverted the two teams around where we had them, but the Falcons may be good, but with a brand new head coach, brand new offensive scheme, but minus Julio Jones for the first time in nine years now since Julio rocked up. Um, A very aging, dysfunctional uh, defense. Very much not really much in the way of 
offensive talent beside Calvin Ridley and objectively one of the most exciting prospects that the draft has ever seen in tight end Kyle Pitts. There's not really much to be excited for from the Falcons, but Matty Ice, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts for an entire year spells fun to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the key issue for me about Atlanta is the lack of a run game. They've got Mike Davis as their running back one. Mike Davis actually stepped up better than anyone was yeah. expecting when CMC got hurt last year, but yeah, I I, very I, true. But I, he's not a he's a chain mover. He's not an excitement. He's not a, he's not exciting. But maybe that's all the Falcons need from their run game yeah. because I don't I don't think it has to be this like explosive guy. No, sometimes you they... need just a churner, just a leg churner, and a reliable guy that'll pick up like four yards. I mean, Frank Gore's entire career has been formed off of being that guy for everyone that he's yeah. played for. You make a fine point. Is Frank Gore attached right now? Um, good question. Frank Gore is currently on the Jets. I thought you Jiminy Cricket. All the time himself is on the Jets. <laughs> oh. So Frank Frank Gore Jr. is in college right now. Yeah, I did. He could potentially enter the NFL before his dad retires at this rate. Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine. I can't... Imagine if he gets picked up by the Jets. Oh. It'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be um, Griffey all over again. Ken Griffey, senior, junior, on the same <laughs> team. Magical. That's the way Magical. that that's the way that sports should be. Like Idega <laughs> Johnson and his son. <laughs> okay. Um, next, we have the third team from the NFC South, the uh, twenty-one ranked New Orleans Saints. I feel like the Saints we all pretty much agreed on. They weren't... Sam had them sort of ranked a little bit high. Max had them lower than everyone. But me, you and Emma were like straight down the middle with the Saints. Like, Yeah, I thought I was being or 22. Because, of, because of a very strong bias. But then it appeared that you and Emma and you and Emma agreed. And to a degree, Sam agreed as well. Like, I think it's pretty much set in stone at this point that Jameis is QB1. It's not. I saw an article from The Athletic, um, great piece about basically like the Saints refuse to let Taysom Hill go as an option. So there is just a full battle going on still, even though Taysom Hill has never been a quarterback. I am, I am putting this out here right now. The Saints' reluctance to get rid of Taysom Hill is more egregious to me than Bounty Gate is to you, because I am absolutely sick to death of Taysom Hill. It makes me violently <laughs> angry about how much I dislike this wet blanket of a human being, and he somehow is apparently on course for $160 million. None of it guaranteed, I mean, all I... of it voidable, but $160 million <laughs> that guy could earn. And it makes me angry. 
I well, you know, everyone could earn one hundred and sixty million dollars. No, but he has a contract where he he physically has the bonuses in writing. He could feasibly earn one hundred and sixty million if he had an ounce of talent about him in any position. I'm sick of him being called a wonderback. I'm sick of him being called the quarterback, the fucking punt return. He is Tim Tebow two point Get out. I mean, I... it is brilliant to hear someone else espouse these beliefs, which I firmly concur with. I it's just nice to hear someone else and say always it. will be a Taysom Hill stan. Why? Are you one of his wives? <laughs> I don't know how it works. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't... I, you know what? I think... I think, now this is me, you know, we can have a look at who starts in the season and what they make of it, but I think that the Saints would end up with a better record starting Taysom Hill for 17 games than Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill, may I remind you, hasn't actually thrown a touchdown pass yet. In any... He has, he threw a couple last year. Oh, did he? Uh... He's not thrown multiple touchdown passes in a game. And you it's think, like, and you think that the Saints are going to be have a better record than if Jameis Winston was calling the shots? Because like, famous Jameis's fucking turnover bakery is not great, <laughs> but you're at least guaranteed four hundred yards, five picks, and five turnover, uh, five touchdowns with Jameis Winston. That's who he is. No, but I don't. I think, I think either this season. Jameis isn't going to start anyway, or he is, and he will be exposed as a, a one-trick pony, except his trick is where it like punches itself in the mouth. You may be right on that, but like I would argue that Taysom Hill is the jack-of-all-trades and a disaster of all as well. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's like... It's like what you're probably going to get from New Orleans is either a big tire fire or a small tire fire. And Taysom Hill <laughs> will make that tire fire the smallest it's ever been. No, the tire fire will be small, but it will be small and spread out wider. It will be spread out among all of the biggest cities in America, whereas the big tire fire will be in like some backwater village. Oh. <laughs> the next team that we have to discuss is the 20th ranked Chicago Bears. Um, Emma is literally furious about this. Emma she, put she them twentieth. <laughs> she could not be madder that people ranked the Bears lower than twentieth. She is fine with people ranking them above twentieth. She herself put them twentieth. They're probably twentieth. I. That's. I. To be fair, I am sort of slightly questioning why they are ranked. At twentieth, I am. I imagine that what would happen is if Emma had ranked them nineteenth, they would have been ranked nineteenth instead, because the disparity in rankings looks very much like they should be sort of nineteenth. But yeah, there's a lot of teams that were incredibly close in this packet. Like the next, I mean, coming up from the Broncos, almost to the Cowboys at seventeen. They are covered by like three whole points. Like it's not a 
Yeah. The I only reason... I'd... The only reason why I don't think that the Bears are going to be any better than 19th, which is where I put them, um, is because we're guaranteed at least one game of Andy Dalton, and we know exactly what the Chicago Bears are with Andy Dalton, and that is the blandest, most boring, pathetic team in the entire NFL because there isn't any fun there, there isn't any chaos there. It's just boring, monotonous garbage. Whereas with Justin Fields, they might actually be exciting, and I am hoping that they realise this after week one. Maybe halfway through week one, put Justin Fields in, and actually be an entertaining team. It's why I actually specified the Bears are 19th when Dalton. If Fields, they might be higher to me. Well, is it is this the power rankings or is it like I might oh, enjoy rankings. watching this plucky young man play his heart out rankings? Well, I think that it is a power rankings, but the Bears roster around the quarterback could be a whole lot better with a better quarterback. It's not like... It's not like, say, the Jags, where there is going to be a plucky young man fighting for his entire life, but the roster around him is complete dumpster. It's like, the roster looks a hell of a lot worse when Dalton or Foles are throwing them the ball than when Fields would be throwing them the ball to me. And they would actually look like a competent team with a competent quarterback in there. Like, that's what it comes across as to me. I think the limiting factor for me for this team will be that O-line because it's decimated by injury. Mm. And in perhaps the biggest blunder of the off-season, Ryan Pace let go of Charles Leno Jr. And now Tevin Jenkins is out for the season. Like with a player who had a history of back problems going into the draft. Yeah. To move him from right tackle anyway was a risk. Yeah. And it's not paid off at all because back problems um yeah I just, I, like especially with that o-line i just don't even if it is entertaining i just don't see it being in any way successful at least for the next kind of season or so might even be beneficial for the the bears to keep dalton out there and not have justin fields running for his life behind the o-line yeah a year of Really boring mediocrity and everyone oh, screaming God. for Justin Fields would at least protect Fields from certain death. Last Especially year. against... I can understand it for week one because the Rams will throw uh, Aaron Donald full guns blazing directly at the quarterback on every play. And Aaron Donald will kill a human being. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not like they have it easy. They've got, I mean, who have they got this year? If you, if we're talking about that, they've I mean, got they Miles have Garrett the, week three. They've got the Steelers, Hunter twice, Zedarius twice, TJ Watt, TJ Watt, and the rest. For us, it's not yeah. like one guy. It's every one of them could yeah. kill you. Yeah, but yeah, the like the the universe heard our prayers last year. Anyone, anyone but me. And it it just grabbed a fistful of Dalton and shoved it in your face. Yeah. We all got punished for our hubris by thinking that maybe Mitchell Trubisky was the only problem. We thought we deserved better. 
we someone just... somewhere has told us that we do not. It felt Someone's like a... Like, we can go blander. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a weird... Did, did anyone else watch the um, preseason game of Bears versus Bills where Mitchell Trubisky... Oh, where he balled the fuck out. <laughs> ...looked like a very competent nah, player. Nah, that's, that's baller. He didn't look good at all. He, was he throwing... looked competent, and that's better than he has done for four years. He was just Simon Madden. He was just throwing slants. Yeah, and the Bears didn't keep up with it. Apparently, they didn't learn yeah. how to deal with the Mitchell Trubisky style of play, despite having scouted him for four years. This is who they are, Ed. They don't learn slants anything. Slightly right behind now. his receivers. Yeah. If you're not able to pick that up after the fifth time, then you've really made a mistake. Ah, uh, true, true. Um. I wouldn't have had them much higher. I couldn't. I couldn't have conscionably put them much higher than twentieth, which uh, leads us on to nineteenth. Who I actually think, based on my, based on my ranking, let me get this right. There's a, a fair gulf between the Cardinals mm-hmm. and Bears now. Cardinals at nineteen with eleven, mm-hmm. eleven degrees of volatility. So there was a lot of a lot of debate as to where the Cardinals should fall. Now we, we've spoken about coaches on the hot seat. We've spoken about Joe Judge. Spoke about David Culley. Cliff Kingsbury. Who else have we talked? Yeah, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is the the guy for me. It's still like it still mildly irks me that Cliff Kingsbury got an NFL job and has never had a winning season. <laughs> like he coached Patrick Mahomes for three. He's for... also never he's he's never really brought the offense that he was slated to bring. Like. Yeah, they just look they like a regular a NFL offense, yeah. It's not like With this ridiculous air raid thing that they've been sort of hyping up as his specialty, because where is it? Have also, they... there's rumours now that Chandler Jones wants out, even though they've just picked up J.J. Watt. Have they fixed their O-line in any way, shape or form, or is that still a revolving turn style of mess? They've thrown money at their left tackle. Um, his name escapes me right now. I want to say DJ Campbell, but I know that's not right. Isn't DJ Campbell the old Blackpool striker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, anyway, they've thrown money at him to try and shore things up, but they've not done a great deal. They have decent young pieces on defence, especially in the in the back seven. <laughs> yeah, I think the experiment might... The Cliff Kingsbury experiment will know one way or another whether it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Cardinals could be an incredibly interesting team and they have a hell of a lot of talent, but uh, just the wrong guy leading them right now. Hmm. They, they've, got an, they've got a strong defensive unit. They need a defensively-minded coach to really maximise it. Yeah, or have the offensive-minded coach actually do his job? Like, either one of those could work, but right now they just have, like, a guy mismanaging all of the talent because he wants to occasionally throw out some fucking wildcat or whatever when it's not really needed. Yeah. 18? The the 18, which is maybe um, the most interesting team in the whole ranking for me, which is the Washington football team. Oh, they're the ones with the ridiculous volatility, right? Yeah, they have volatility of 16, which means that there's 
in between me picking them at 11th and Max picking them at 27th, there is a whole NFC's worth of teams <laughs> that we think that are either better or worse than them. Now, I love the WFT. I, I genuinely do. I don't know whether or not that... I'd ever say that I would love the team that used to be the most racist team, has the worst owner, is objectively well... pissing off their head coach by not getting vaccinated, have the most unlikable set of uh, cornerbacks in the league right now. None of it yeah, is likable. No, I mean it's 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 interesting, and the football they play is pretty good. Defensively, it I, is. Offensively, God defend- no. They've got they've got Fitzmagic in there. Yeah, and Fitzmagic is currently struggling to find any amount of timing or rhythm with any of his receivers. Yeah. So he's turning you... back into the Ryan Fitzpatrick that we all know and didn't really enjoy. Like pre twenty seven, even if it's magic. Even if he was having like an average season, like he has a very defined ceiling. Yeah, and it just how much are they, how much are they paying him for this year? By the way, not a not a ridiculous amount, like low tier start money. Yeah, they played it very smart in that sense of mm. they got him in, but they're not paying him much. This is a roster with some talent on it. I mean, Antonio Gibson, I can give or take. I'd say that Antonio... Ryan Fitzpatrick type figure is a bit much. It is a bit much, but all quarterbacks are paid like way higher than anyone else on the roster. I think I think I'm off the I think I'm off the Fitzmagic train. You're a fucking idiot. When he comes (laughs) balling. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna be slinging picks like nobody's business. Well, that's his prerogative, isn't it? You are the fact that that you put them. What was it? Eleventh. Eleventh. Got them higher than the Seahawks, Steelers, Dolphins, Rams, Rams, Cowboys. What is wrong Colts. with you? Okay, uh, a couple of factors go into this. Their schedule's a piece of piss because their <laughs> their division has the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys in it. What's yeah, that? Five like, wins. Yeah, but like twenty teams make the playoffs at this point. They would make the playoffs by yeah. being where the Bears are. You have is to be an your, objective is that level. Your path of success. No, the Bears. Well, like twentieth. Yeah. Well, okay. So the the WFT are incredible in the trenches. Defensively, they're very very good. I just think that. I think that their defense will carry them through. Even if, even if Fitz turns into Fitz tragic, they can still win. They can win five divisional games and five other games and go ten and seven. See, sixteen is the perfect ranking. Um, not just because I put them there, but um, because <laughs> it is where they should be. They are so middle of the road. They are going to be a playoff team because they are the best team in their division. That's it. They ain't making it past the first round. Even though I absolutely adore Chase Young. Even though I think that they have some real talent at their skill position. I just... There is a definitive ceiling there. And any team where their coach is like basically begging them to do something and the players are refusing <laughs> is the exact situation 
which is going to lead to a fucking ridiculously poor season compared to what they should be. Which is, again, I'm going to mention him because I assume that they'll be around here at some point. The Vikings have to be involved in this discussion of dysfunctionally poor, woeful season coming up because their coach and players are not on the same wavelength. They're not even in the same universe right now. They're being... The statesmanly head coaches are being let down by shitty players. Yeah, I will. Statesmanly. (laughs) You give me a better... You give me a better adjective to describe Ron Rivera. I will wait. Just going to use veteran. I mean, yeah. Statesmanly gives an air of, like, he is... He is unquestionably a lovely man. You you are a person who, if someone is not proven to be an absolute douchebag, you will immediately fall head over heels in love with them. I'm not understanding the point. Are you... Is this Ron some Rivera's sort of... Ron okay! Mike Zimmer's just okay! I agree with Sam on, on this. this. I agree with Sam. They are just they they're not dish they're not dickheads, and they are yeah, like slightly they're slightly better than a lot of the NFL. But like the NFL's bar for like who's a dickhead is way down in the dirt because everyone's a dickhead. It's a league you, of egotistical wankers. Every, yeah, you romanticize every mildly okay guy in the NFL, and it's yes. fine. We've all done it, but like. They're not, like, fucking presidential material or anything. <laughs> That's what did it for me. <laughs> Statesman. <laughs> Ron That's Rivera should be the senator of Washington <laughs> because he's an alright person. <laughs> all that I've done, all that you've done with this conversation... <laughs> All that this conversation has done has made me harden my stance on liking Ron Rivera. <laughs> that's all that's Pres- happened out of this. President Zimmer, they broke through the barricade. <laughs> what's, what's the military equivalent of a play action? <laughs> it's whatever the fuck's going on in Afghanistan right now. That's what the military equivalent of a play action is. Jesus Christ! How have we got what, to, to do something really, <laughs> to do something really, really badly for twenty years and then be surprised when it like turns out very, very badly? <laughs> yeah. Why That's... are we back on the Detroit Lions, guys? <laughs> um... <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> yes, to the last team we'll discuss in this part one episode: the uh, the Dallas Cowboys at number seventeen. I have very little to say about the Cowboys. They are the worst team to end this episode on because I also have very little to say on them. I don't know where they're going to be because their defense might be better, but they've also lost talent. Like Mike Nolan going will make them better. The talent going might make them worse. They might just become the Cowboys of last year because they have the middle ground now. But like Dak Prescott... (laughs) Not having his foot like ruptured into fifty-five million pieces will be a good thing for the for the excitement factor. Ezekiel Elliott might be slightly better than he was the past two years, but he's not going to be the same level as he was like five years ago. 
Amari Cooper is still somehow being highly regarded as a wide receiving, like, elite guy, even though he's not very good. Like, or, it's not that he's not very good. He is a good player. He's just not elite level, and for some reason he gets a pass for one year with the Raiders that I mean, he had. C.D. Lamb could be elite. Yeah, C.D. Lamb will be incredibly get. good. Yeah. I'm I'm putting that out there as C.D. Lamb is going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL this year. Yeah, there's a I little mean, kid kid called Justin Jefferson. I don't. Know oh my god! Yeah, Justin Jefferson, the fucking unbelievable Nobel Peace Prize winner because he's a slightly reasonable <laughs> human being. He catches some passes for the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, did you hear about Adam Thielen, how he uh, used to work in a factory, guys? That's that's the perfect blue-collar man for the blue-collar town of racism. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> oh. I, I just can't believe... I feel like that's unlocked so many of Ed's like football tapes for me. It has. It's completely undone it. I've been waiting for one reason like for why it makes. Literally, it feels like almost every take that Ed says that involves the Vikings or anyone that is like mediocre but is like not an arsehole has just suddenly become clear to me now why I, why it always sort of slightly wound me up inside and it's 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 that well, well so what's wrong with that i like my... <laughs> there's nothing wrong rather with than, it it's just that me and, rather me and sam than rooting are having... for dickheads i choose to root for people who aren't well i mean, I mean we'll come on to that next episode because christ yeah yeah i don't think it's that you just root for people who aren't it's that you root for them so strongly and it has such a bearing on your opinion of their talent. The NFL is the Wild West. The NFL... <laughs> Average Joe on the street in the NFL has, like, punched his wife and kicked a dog. Like, that's the level. Just of... quick, just just quickly, everyone. Um, out of the station wagon and into glory is the quote that will define this season for uh, for Ed Wilkins's NFL takes because he <laughs> he texted me this on the 28th of July accompanying a picture of none other than Kirk Cousins who he has since yeah, well, lambasted for being an arsehole <laughs> twice yeah, well, he's before an jumping asshole. immediately also, I... back on the bandwagon for Kirk Cousins <laughs> being incredible I'm not on the Minnesota 2021, LA February 2022. <laughs> you're not oh, getting a, you're not getting away with this, my guy. You and your statesmanly <laughs> viewpoints are being unravelled by this epiphany that we both had. Well, so Can before... we get statesmanly on the soundboard. <laughs> Statesman, I tell you what, if you shut up, I'll give you statesmanly. How does that sound? Fucking West Wing ass opinions. That's going on the soundboard. Why do you think I like not Notre Dame? (laughs) West Wing ass opinions is going on. I got that clear as day. Right, (sighs) should we get the fuck out of here because I need to eat? No, I want to. I want to fight my corner on this Kirk thing and saying I've I've been firmly off the Kirk train since it came out that he was a plexiglass requiring wanker. I hope you know that uh, as you started that sentence, that's where we're fading out. (laughs) <laughs> Sam's editing it. You you just arguing as long to as the we wrong. Can fade in on it next week. <laughs> I'm still it's recording. Like... So, and yeah. another thing, I don't. We have more guys in the NFL who did musical theatre. 
Oh yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Did you know Marcus Hunt collects stamps? I love him. That's <laughs> Ed frantically searching like at three AM on his <laughs> on his laptop, bloodshot eyes, just like Daniel Hunter, fiddler on the roof. <laughs> Desperately looking for like high school amateur theatre. Oh god. Oh.